So we are continuing the series we started uh, just several weeks ago now uh, as titled Why We Do What We Do, and we're kind of looking uh, underneath the hood a little deeper into why it is that our church does the things that we do. And we started in the first week and we looked at our vision and mission of joining the journey and, and how we see in that, we talk about the journey of faith, and how we, we first joined that journey by receiving Christ as our Savior. And at that point, right, when we receive that love and forgiveness from him and invite him into our lives and, and we, we become a, a Christian at that point and, and, you know, accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we start this new journey of faith. And then we work in that um, every day to, to continue to grow in that faith and to move forward. And we looked at the different stops of the faith journey and, and how we, we start out consuming and we move towards contributing and, and how um, you know, discipleship and evangelism are, are key por- parts of our vision and how we as a church want to live into those. And also then when the next week, and we started then looking at our core values, and we have four of them in our church. And, and um, we saw... Um, Again, just we have these core values knowing that everything is always changing. I mean, our culture is changing, our world is changing, even things within our church are changing, but yet we are committed as a church that these four core values will always be true. No matter what we do, no matter what we change, no matter who comes or who goes or, or what events we run or what services we do or what programs we have, that, that this will always be true because we adapt and grow and change, and God leads us in new directions, even as a church, but yet, these core values are exactly that. They're core, and they're things that, no matter what we change, we will not change these. And core value number, number one, okay, as we look at them, um, is number one because it's the most important one, and that is that Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey, that Jesus is at the center of everything that we do as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian as well as a church community, that, that we want to follow the leading of Christ. He is our example to follow, right? And he, he is, uh, embodies who God is in human form, and we follow Jesus, and he's the center of everything that we do. And then we see core value number two, which we looked at last week, and we talked about the scripture is our foundation and roadmap of our journey. Right, we looked a little deeper into, into this book and, and what it is and why it is a firm foundation for us. Right, and it's of something that we can stand upon and build our lives upon in knowing that it's true and knowing that it is divinely inspired and that the Holy Spirit lives in Scripture. And that as we stand um, on Scripture as the unchanging foundation and know that our world and our culture continues to change around us and yet the truths within Scripture are still true. We talked last week how even, you know, the Bible is even, I mean, seemingly more relevant today than it even was in years past. And then we move on today to core value number three, which is all generations contribute to the journey. And we're going to dive deeper into a couple of different aspects of this core value, but, but we see the first is all generations and how that's important. And then Again, we move to contribute, and we talked in that first week of how, how the kind of the first steps of the journey and, and the things that even that we do as a church and those programs are designed that we start out consuming the things of God, learning who God is, learning how to read and interact with Scripture, you know, learning how the church functions, and, and just you consume the things of God, and you learn, and you grow. But then the more that you grow, the more when you mature in your faith, we move to this point where we are ready to contribute, and yet 
Um, you know, this consumed to contribute is the umbrella that goes over the whole vision of, of all of the steps of the faith journey. And, and yet, once we even get to that contribute part of our life and of our faith, it, that we don't stop there. In fact, um, the more we contribute, the more that we learn and grow and see new things. And, and again, we start this, this ongoing cycle of consuming and contributing and how they both, you know, um, work together. Right, to keep us to continue to grow in our faith. That we are, are committed to, to moving forward in that journey. We're not going to camp in our faith, but we're going to continue to grow. I want to turn once again to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. We've been using these verses through this, this series to, to see all of our core values. And, and again, the core values are present all through Scripture, but, but all of them are very present in these verses. And we're using these again as, as our guide through this series. And again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now on your outline, you can see I've italicized and underlined some key phrases in these verses about uh, that, that, that show us core value number three. Right, first off, we see that all generations right, contribute, and, and we see this first phrase that, that, again, it's useful to teach us what is true. And we see that God's word is also used to teach us to do what is right. And then God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And when we see these key phrases that, that is teach us and, and his people, that we, we is through these phrases and others, that we realize that the church is made of people. God's church is about people. And oftentimes we can use, you know, the phrase, the church, to mean lots of different things, not just God's people. In fact, many times we, we, we use it as a description of a building. Say, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, in, go into the church. And what we mean by that is that we're coming to the building, and, but the church is is not a building, right? The church is people. Again, so, some to other times you can think about, you know, oh yeah, the church needs to do something about that. And, and, and oftentimes we can use that phrase in meaning that, you know, that, um, that we, we think somebody else should solve that problem, but I'm not involved in, in that, that effort, right? The church should do something. Again, if we are a follower of Jesus, realize it's not just about people, but I'm included in that group of people. Right? The, the truth is that every believer in Christ is a part of God's church. And that the church is, is truly about people. And, and again, not just about our own congregation. Again, we can even get a little short-sighted in that and being like, oh, our church. I, about we can even speak in about Oregon Trail specifically. And, right, I mean, there are things that God needs Oregon Trail to do as his church, but, but we also need to remember that we are a part of God's church. And we are a small part of God's church. In fact, we see that we, we again, contribute to the big C church. And it's not just about our church family, but it's about God's church. And again, why we invest around the world and, and in other ministries, things that are outside of our local congregation, even why we, we partner with and work with and are in 
in communication with other churches, even in our valley and in our community. And when we say, you know, we talk about the church, and it's not just about Oregon Trail, but the church includes Canyon Springs and Grace Bible and Eagle Christian and, 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 you know, all these other churches within our area and our valley, and, and we are all on the same team. And we all want the same thing. And now, again, there's, there's diversity within those congregations. And that, that's not a bad thing either, right? Is every church has its own kind of style and, 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 and you know, ways that they do things. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a strength within the church. But we need to realize that the church is about God's people. Right? And that we, as a united people, are truly God's church. As we see that, we've been going through these core values, and we've been showing you, again, the church logo and how the, the logo was designed right, to, to communicate to us different parts of our core values. And we see, we talked about Jesus Christ is the center. Core value number one is that the cross is at the middle of everything. It's what ties it all together. We saw last week, again, Scripture is on the foundation. It's on the bottom, and it's open. We interact with the Bible, and we read it, and we study it, and we learn it. And then we have the part of the, of the logo that is the wagon wheel. And we think about, again, the Oregon Trail, the name of our church, Oregon Trail, and that wagon wheel, it represents the journey that people went on, right, when they went into the Oregon Trail. And just when you see that, that wheel, I hope that it represents visually for you the journey that we are all on. And when we think about the Oregon Trail, we realize that all generations went on that journey. Right? And, and everybody that went on the Oregon Trail had a job. No matter what age they were, no matter what phase of life they were in, right? no matter what their physical capacity was or their mental capacity was, they all had a role. There was no dead weight on the Oregon Trail. Right? Everybody contributed in some way. Now, they all had some different jobs. They all had, had different things. There were lots of things that needed to be done, but, but yet... Um, they all had a job. As we look back at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, right, we, we first learn, right? We first consume, right? And what do we learn? We learn what is true and we learn what is right. But then we continue on through the verse and we see that, that we start out by consuming, but then we move towards contributing, right? As God equips us to do the every good work, to do stuff. We have to not just consume, but also to contribute. And that's a part of a faith journey, is that we continue to grow. We move forward. We don't, we don't camp in our faith, but we move to see where does God need us to consume? And how am I going to continue to learn and grow as I start to contribute to God's kingdom in different ways? Again, the church is made up of people, and we, we, we see that, and we know that, and, and we understand that, again, the church is, is all about who's in it, not where it is or, or what it has. And, and when we see that and know that, and we think about the idea that the church is all about people, I, I want to give you this, this maybe shocking statement. And so this is just fair warning, kind of put on your seatbelts, be ready, because here comes the shocking statement. Are you ready? No, everybody's, is, is everybody awake? Are we, are we, okay, right, here's, here it comes. Are you ready? You've been warned. Here it is. All people are not the same. 
Really? Yes. That's not shocking to us, is it? We all know that. All people are not the same. Right? In fact, we're, we're, people are very different. Right? We are created with different personalities, with different viewpoints, with different abilities, different talents. All people are not the same. And, and when we realize again that, that the health of the church is in its people, and the fact that people aren't the same means that, that it's healthier when we're not the same, and we embrace our differences, and we work together. And, and as we see this, we're going to look at this illustration in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, and if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't have your own Bible, I don't have it with you today. Uh, if you're here with us in person, there are Bibles provided for you in the seats you're welcome to use, and you'll notice the page number on your outline where you can find this passage in those Bibles. And if you're worshiping with us online, hopefully you have your Bible with you or, you know, pull it, pull it up on your phone. But we're going to uh, read this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 12. And, and here we see this illustration of, of the church as described through a human body. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear... Uh, it says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And we're going to skip down to verse 25, where we see just kind of the conclusion of this, um, of this passage, and where it says, this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So as we pause there and, and see it again in this illustration. Paul's using this description of a human body for us to understand a bigger concept about the church because the church is made up of people and people are not the same. And in fact, that's the strength of the church is the fact that we are not all the same because we need each other. And again, my strengths are different than yours. My weaknesses are different than your weaknesses, and, and yet we can all come together because we all need each other, just as he used this illustration of the head needs the feet and the eye needs the ears. And we see within our church, within most churches, there are, are different generations represented, and, and, and literally, uh, we're talking about these different phases of life, the ages of people here, and I think when we look at our church, we have all generations present in our churches, and our church is stronger for that. But yet different generations have different likes and they have different needs, which is why as a church we are committed to age-specific programming. It's why we have a kids ministry and we have a youth ministry and we have an adult ministry and we have a joy ministry. Right? These are all different phases of age and life demographics. 
And yet we all need each other. As it says here in the passage, it says that all the members care for each other. And we need to to take that phrase to heart and live that out as a church as we live out this core value in knowing that there is no generation less important than the other ones. Right? We all need each other. We see life differently. Right? There's, and we know there's lots of stereotypes and like, lots of different needs and for different phases of life, especially when it's connected to our age. Yeah, we can see as, as we talk about age, and we know that there's, there's these different phases of life, right? And we go through these, and, and we see, again, the wheels of life, and you know, they're all involved in different places. And no matter which phase you're in, right, no matter which vehicle you're sitting in right now, okay, the truth is that you matter to the church. But yet, generations have different needs, and which again is why we have a kids' ministry, for them to, to minister to our kids in that phase. That's why we have a youth ministry, and again, all those generations, right? We, but we, yet, we need each other. And there are lots of these stereotypes and jokes that we can talk about for each other, but, but we are all the church, right? And we are all the church right now. And many of you know that I was, I was a, a, a youth pastor for many years before I, I, God led me to be a lead pastor. And, and with that, as a youth pastor, right, I was focused on teenagers within the church. And at, as a youth pastor, there were many times that people would come and, and say, and they, they meant it as an encouragement, but yet it was one of my biggest pet peeves as a youth pastor. Right? It was when people would come to me with, from within the church and be like, oh, youth ministry is so important because the, those teenagers are, are the church of tomorrow. Now, I, I understand the reasoning for saying that. I mean, they literally, they are going to be, and it's the same is true now, they are going to be our future leaders. They're going to be the future pastors, the future board members, ministry leaders, and, and volunteers in the church. And, and that's true in the future. That will be true. But the part that just bugs me and that just, just irritates me, it still irritates me today. If people say that, even as a lead pastor, the part that irritates me is that, that they say that they are the, the church of the future. Because they're not just the church of the future. They are also the church right now. Right? And those teenagers are as much the church right now as they ever will be in the future. And, and the same is true for our kids' ministry. Right? Is they are not the church of the future. Our kids are as much a part of the church right now as they ever will be. And they can contribute to our church Today, and the thing that really, again, bugs me about that statement is because what people unknowingly mean when they say they're the future church is that we will set, we'll set them aside until we need them. And the truth is we need them now. Right? We need all generations. Right? All generations matter in God's church, in God's family. We need each other. And the same is true if you're in the later generations of your life. And, you know, again, it, the, the same attitude can play out and be like, oh, I've, I've done my time. I've served my things, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to wait out my years. And, and that's just not true either. We need you as much as we need our kids and our youth. All generations matter. All of us together are Christ's body. 
And, and, and there's a few things that we do together as a church to, to remember this. And every, again, every fifth Sunday, we do what we call Celebration Sunday, where we have our kids and our youth come in and worship with us together in one service. And again, even our second grade and under, we still do kids stuff for them, right? Because it's harder for them to sit through the whole service. And so we still do that. But they, they've come in the last couple times. they come in and they've sang songs with us. And, and again, we do these different things to interact as a whole church together with all generations. Even our all church events, like the Thanksgiving dinner and trunk or treat and our barbecues and those kind of things that we do together with all generations in the same room. Because all generations matter. And we understand that all people are not the same, right? That every generation needs to learn from the other generations. In fact, if you are in those later generations of life, you have a lot to offer the younger generations in advice and support and life experience. But it's, it's also a two-way street, right? And, and again, if, as an adult, realize that, that our teenagers have more to offer our lives in the body of Christ than just helping you with your cell phone. Now, they can definitely do that. If you have a struggle with your phone, you don't know how to wear it, like just give it to them, they'll fix it, right? They, they know how to do that, but they, they can contribute way more than that to the body of Christ and even to your faith. And when you think about all generations, all people are not the same, but yet it's a two-way street and, and we need each other and we are all the church of today. And we see, though, that this, this concept not only applies to age and to the different you know, phases of our life, but it also applies to our faith journey, because the truth is there are people ahead of you on the journey that are more mature in their faith. And there are also people behind you in your journey that, that are just starting out, that, that know less about God and about his word and their faith than what you know. And this is also a two-way street. We need to learn from those that are more mature in our faith and, and, and help those that are not as mature in their faith. And yeah, I'll tell you again, as a youth pastor and working with teenagers closely for many years, is I saw and observed and knew that there were many teenagers that were far more mature in their faith than many adults in the church. And, and those Again, mature believers, despite their age, still have a lot to contribute and might even help you in your faith. But we see that. We, we see this description, again, of these different roles within the body in, in Ephesians chapter 4. So, again, flip with me over to Ephesians chapter 4, and we are going to read verses 11 through 16, where it, it gives us uh, some more specific things about these different phases of spiritual maturity and, and spiritual generations. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to pick up at verse 11, where it says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. 
He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As we read this description, this, this again is what I hope is the biblical description of, of not just what Oregon Trail is as the body of Christ, but what the whole church is of the big C church. You can't go through this without you know, noticing again my role, one of my roles is called out specifically in verse 12. Right? As your pastor, as the primary teacher within this congregation, my job description is there and my job description is to teach all of you what we're all supposed to do. And do that by teaching you the word and, and to say that. But, but notice, again, that's my role is to teach. Now, I'm, I'm as much of the part of the church as you are. And so I teach from scripture. And then we walk side to side together as the church as we do the work that the church needs to accomplish in this world. And the, that, that responsibility is on the whole church. It is not just on me as the pastor. It's not just on our staff. It's not just on our ministry leaders and volunteers. It's not just on the board members, right? It's, it's on everybody. We all carry that burden together in doing the work of Christ in this world that he needs his body to do, right? Which is why we all move to contributing, right? Not just the pastoral staff, not just the staff, not just the board members. But everybody. Again, I encourage you in verse 13 to underline the phrase, be mature in the Lord. Again, we need to continue to journey forward in our faith. We start out consuming, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to continue to grow towards contributing. And there needs to be a balance in our lives of, of contributing and consuming. When we start contributing, we can't stop consuming and stop learning. we got to do both. And we should start this ongoing cycle in our life of where we are balancing other people through, or through contributing. We are blessing other people's lives. And yet we are also receiving blessings from others as they contribute and we consume. And it starts where we receive blessings and we also give blessings as this cycle continues to play out in our lives as we mature. Recognize in this passage that age is not the defining factor. In fact, in this Ephesians passage, age is not even mentioned. What is mentioned is your maturity in the Lord. And that is not tied to what birthday you're on, by the way. We recognize, right, that we are all supposed to move forward in our faith. And we are all supposed to reach maturity and be unified with the church. So that then it says, and then we move to 16, the next phase is so that each part does its own work. It is all of our job as a member of God's church to contribute. Again, we look at the church in America, and the church in America has changed dramatically in the last several months. Right, but yet, the... the our culture and our world is hungrier now than ever before for the truths of God's word, right? And for the solid foundation and core values that are present there. And, and how are they going to learn? They're going to learn by watching the church be the church, the real church, 
when all generations contribute. Again, as we, as we see this, they are going to know and see it through unity, not through disunity. A unity between people of all generations and, and unity of those in all phases of their faith as we all can contribute and consume. As you see here, the other thing I want to point out here is the fact right, that different people have different gifts. And we need all of them. Again, in verse 16, we see the phrase that we are healthy and growing and full of love. Right, and this is a description, again, of all the different people, all the different personalities, all the different gifts coming together and helping each other grow. Right, we see this happen within the church. And, and yet again, we know that all people are not the same and we all have different personalities, we all have different spiritual gifts. And, and that's, that's what Journey Class 3 is focused on is, is you take an online uh, spiritual gifts profile and a personality profile and we see how those interact together between your personality and spiritual gifts and, and how they're all different and how where we should um, contribute in God's church and also where we should not contribute to God's church based on our personality and our spiritual gifts. Again, now we are never short, you know, of places for you to contribute. In fact, there's a few areas within our, our church body right now that we could definitely use some more help. Again, if your personality and gifting, you know, pushes you towards audio and visual and behind-the-scenes support, we could definitely use your help in the sound booth. Right on video roll or, or running the computer or running the soundboard. If, again, if you, if you love Jesus with everything you have and you like to be around kids, we could definitely use your help in the kids area. If you love Jesus and, and can stand to be around teenagers, Brian needs some more help on Wednesday night. There's, there, we have places within our church where we need people. And again, where are you, where should you be, and where should you not be? Okay, and I hope that Oregon Trail can be a church that does this right. That we actually care about each other and we work through stuff and be full of love. Because again, healthy doesn't mean that there aren't problems, but healthy means we work through those together as a family. So how do we live out this core value? Okay, to, to answer that question, I want to turn to these, these few verses in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. How are we going to live out this core value? It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And we see there are three specific things that we can do as the church to live out this core value as described in this passage. The first one is to hold tightly without wavering. Again, things are constantly changing, but, but we will hold tightly to our core values. And those will not change. All right? As the world changes, God's standard doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. And we will hold tightly to what it is and the truth of God's word. Okay, number two is that we will motivate one another. We first hold tightly without wavering, then we motivate one another. Again, not, we don't come together to compare each other, to think, oh, he's better than me, but to hold each other accountable right, in our own roles. Right, we motivate one another to continue to grow in our faith. 
Again, the, the church on a Sunday should be where we come together as the body of Christ and we get motivated to live out our faith the rest of the week. Because church isn't just about Sunday, right? Church is people. Church is every day as we live out being the body of Christ. And then lastly, again, we will meet together to encourage not just to motivate, but to encourage. Like I said, we need to actually meet together, not neglect it. As it says, don't neglect it. Now again, the, the regular church attender looks very different today than it did in 2019, doesn't it? Again, we are here together in person. We are here together online. We are continuing to interact through all of these different ways. But yet, again, it, it all works together to be motivated and to be encouraged to continue to live out our faith and to grow in our faith as God's church, because the church is people. Right? And, and, and as we navigate this new world right, that we find ourselves in, that God's word is still solid and it does not change, and we still need to be the church, because that has not changed. And whether we meet in person or we're meeting online or we don't meet at all, the church is still the church, because the church is people. We should come together as the church to be re-energized for the work of the week as we live out the greatest commandments and the great commission every day we have. Because we continue to journey forward. If there's breath in our lungs, we journey to be more like Christ, to live out our core values. Here's a final thought for today, and that is this. The body of Christ is stronger with diversity than without it whether that's age diversity, phases of our faith journey diversity, creed, color diversity, whatever it is, like the church is stronger with diversity than without it. And together we can continue the journey as we can encourage one another in unity. So how can you contribute? Where do you need to contribute? What's the next step of your life to contribute to your own faith right, and to God's church? Again, maybe the, maybe the step you need to take is just to contribute to your own faith and receive Christ as your Savior for the first time. Okay, maybe it's to volunteer. Maybe it's just to be more committed to, to gathering. I don't know what phase you're at in your life, but whether you're consuming or contributing, take the next step. God, we thank you, Lord, that we have a place to belong. God, that we are a part of your church, a part of your body, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. God, they're united in you. And God, we thank you, God, that the church is way more than a building. Lord, it's way more than just a, a, a group of people that we might be a part of, but God, it's, it's a way of life to be your church. And I pray, God, that as we go this week, Lord, that we would be encouraged from being with us today and, and worshiping you today, but Lord, that, that we would, Lord, be unified as we leave and we live out our faith every day this week. God, that we will show this world what the church really is. Lord, help us this week, God, to live out our faith every day and to fulfill everything you need us to do, Lord, in the way that you've gifted us, the way that you've made us. Lord, and that we would take the next step of our faith. Lord, if we're still consuming, then we just consume and learn and move forward. If it's time to contribute, God, that we would contribute and lead us to the right place. God, help us to truly be your church as we go from here. We love you. We praise you. 
Guide us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen.